Charisma Quotient. I'm your host, Kim Seltzer, a dating and makeover expert, where I will help you build confidence, make connections, and find love from the outside in. Are you a one-hit wonder? And what I mean by that, not as in music, but as in dates, are you really good at flirting, getting the guy or luring the woman, having fun, keeping it light. But then when it comes to progressing the second or the third date, it something happens. It falls short. Either you don't get asked back or maybe you don't want to go back on the next date. You know, it kind of shows up differently, but no matter what, you're that one hit wonder. And I, you know, I hear this happen a lot. And for those of you who hadn't listened to my previous podcast, I really encourage you to do so where I talk about the dating phases. Because, and just for a quick review, there are three phases in dating. A lot of people talk about the phases or the cycle in relationships, but don't put emphasis on dating. And it's really important because here's, here's the truth. I find that where you are strong in one phase, you usually have challenges in another. So The first one is what I call the courting phase. And this is what we're going to really focus on today. This is kind of like boy meets girl, cat and mouse chase, having fun, really keeping it light and seeing if you like the person. And then it moves slowly into the second phase in what I call pure dating. Now, maybe it's been three months and you've been seeing somebody consistently over time, yet it's not committed. Then we move into that third stage, which I just see as the full relationship cycle. And that is when you really are committed to a person. So here's the thing. You might be really strong in the courting phase and people who are strong in the courting phase sometimes fall short when it comes to the third phase, the relationship phase, or maybe it's the second phase. And it's really good to do an assessment for yourself and you seeing the patterns and detecting that and what is happening because there's usually, and this is what I do with a lot of my clients, we uncover reasons that there is something going on in what you're putting out there, what you're attracting that's creating that cycle. So with me on the line today, I have a one-hit wonder, and I wonder what is going on. (laughs) She is fabulous, and I'm going to have her introduce herself. Hi, Anne. Hi. Hi, Kim. It's good to talk to you. Good to talk to you, too. Thanks for coming on. I want to help you with this one-hit wonder thing going on (laughs) with you. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Well, um, yeah, I'll introduce myself. Yeah, Yeah. I am. I am a single mom. I have two boys. I work full time in the business world and I've been, I've been dating again for about the past three and a half years or so after going through a divorce. And Mm -hmm. I've had, I've had one relationship, but I've also just had a lot of first dates. And so that's when I started working with Kim, maybe, maybe about six months ago or so. Um, You and I started working together because I really wanted to figure out what was going on so that I can progress to, um, you know, really opening myself up more and, and finding, finding a real relationship because after dating again for over three years now, I'm, I'm, I'm ready. I, I want to have that um, significant relationship and somebody to really spend my time with. And I knew that I needed to make some changes in how, how I was going about it because I get a lot of first dates, but um, the second, 
and third dates are harder. And then um, fourth dates just almost never happen except for a couple of times. So that's, uh, that's my background. Got it. Got it. Okay. So what exactly happens just so that we all have a clear picture? So you go on the first date and everything is seemingly okay. Like you don't have a problem getting there. And then like with mm-hmm. your assessment, if you could kind of do like a bird's eye view, yeah. what, what happens? Um, I, would, I would say that for the majority of the time, for a lot of the first dates that I've gone on, I am not interested in going on a second date. Oh, uh, you're not interested. Correct. I'm usually not interested in going on a second date. Now, I've improved that over time because I know that I need to give people a little bit more of a chance. And unless it's something that, you know, is really just really off, I'm being much more open about let's go on a second date. Because on the first date, a lot of times people can be um, nervous or just not really fully opening up. And so um, I have been a little bit better about getting to a second date because I'm more open to it and um, making sure that I'm appearing more interested and giving those clues that I do want to go out again. But I would say a lot of it has been me not being interested. (laughs) Okay. And when you say you're not interested, like what kind of guys are showing up and what what has been kind of your turnoffs? Sure. Um, I would still say nice men. I don't have horror stories of dating. They're Mm -hmm. not, you know, bad people or something unusual or weird happening. Just nice men, but not something that I'm really connected feeling connected with, um, that I feel like we click or that I'm really interested in pursuing anything further with. Um, but mm. that's kind of been my, that had been my hang up in the past. So it's the lack of connection overall. Yes. Ah, okay. So it's not that they're like not, um, unattractive or they're not in the, you know, kind of financial bracket, that you're looking for or any kind of external things. It's more about just them as a person and that you're not feeling a connection with them. Correct. Yeah. Ah, Okay. And where are you meeting most of these guys right now? Uh, Majority of the time I'm meeting people online. Ah, I would say 95, yeah, 95% of the time it's online. 95%. Oh, that's high. Yeah. I know. We got to round out. We got to round out your dating portfolio. That's like the first thing that I can see right now. Um, <laughs> and and you know what I mean by that, right? Um, and for those of you who don't know that term, I really believe that you know your financial portfolio should look like your dating portfolio. I did a whole podcast on this too. You need to diversify as much as possible to get a better result and a more balanced result. And so that might be part of the problem going on because there is, there is this almost phenomenon of like a detached kind of dating when you're doing just online dating. Right. And, and that could also lead to some of this like disconnect that you're feeling because there's not enough connection in the real world right now and having that be cultivated to balance that out. So that, that's just one thing. Okay. And, um, and then is there anything that you can pinpoint for yourself or maybe just, you know, through the course of us working together that you've realized that you've contributed to, to kind of create this lack of connection? Yes. I, I definitely think there's a, there's a couple of things um, okay. as I, just as I think about it. I mean, for one, uh, one big thing I think over the last few years has been that I had that one relationship that was a lot of off and on and a lot of back and forth. Mm -hmm. 
So even though I would start dating again because things were off, mm-hmm. I would still hold I would still hold back. And I know that looking back now at it, I know I was definitely not really putting all of myself into dating again, even though yeah. I said I'm gonna get back out there. I'm going to start dating because this other person is not here for me and he doesn't want to um, have a committed relationship or I just don't know what's happening. So I'm going to get back out there because I'm single. I still wouldn't, um, I wouldn't put all of me out there. And I, so I wasn't giving everyone a chance that I probably could have. Mm, And what was going on with this guy just to get a little more detail on him? Sure. So with, with him over the, it was over about a three year period of, we would date for a little while and then he would disappear because some major event would happen in his life. And then he'd reappear and we'd see each other a couple of times, but then he'd disappear again. So it was just a lot of um, off and on. And, and I did get better at some point of saying, here's exactly what I'm looking for and what I want out of our relationship. And then mm-hmm. he came back, but then he just couldn't sustain it. Um, and that happened a couple more times. And, and finally, I, um, I really got over it after saying I was getting over it a couple of different times <laughs> over the years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but not really getting over it. Um, mm-hmm. Now I have, and I'm, and I think that's definitely helped in my dating in the last six months or so is really getting past that and making a, a shift in my, um, a shift in my outlook and just where I, my heart is because I'm more open to other people now. It's so true. So it's been about six months where you did that clean break from him. Yes. And there's that's been right. no, there's been no contact, like be honest. Um, he contacted me a couple of weeks ago to ask me a question and, about a couple of things. And then it's just been dropped off since then. And it was interesting because mm-hmm. even though he contacted me, I didn't have the same, it didn't create the same reaction in me as it would have a year ago. And I ne- uh-huh. definitely noticed a difference. Yeah. yeah, that's good. That's actually, that, I mean, sometimes, you know, these guys circle back and I, I, I mean, that happens all the time. Exes just reappear and they resurface and it's almost like tapping in just to kind of test the waters. And it's, it's, it's really good sometimes just to see your reaction and how you feel, you know, when they come yeah. back in contact with you. So that's growth. That's good. Okay. So you feel like you're done with him. I do. Yes. I do feel like I'm done with him. Yes. Um, and I'm done with, with the putting up with being um, not a priority in the person's life that I'm dating. And that was what was happening there. If I was not the priority, he was too busy with so many other things. And while he liked me, and also I think he loved me, it wasn't enough. Like I wasn't going to be a priority in his life. And, uh, and that's just not enough for me. So I have a question. What is that about? Like, what kept you in something with a guy who did not make you a priority? What kept you in it? That's a good question, Kim. Um, so I would say <laughs> I should be. I should you know, be a coach. <laughs> that's right. You should. <laughs> um, I would say that that um, he was the first real relationship after my divorce, and I did wait a while to start dating after my divorce. Mm-hmm. But this was the first person I had a great connection with, and that we progressed into an actual relationship. So I think that's one aspect of it because it was the first relationship post-divorce. Yep. The other, the other part is that he had, um, while in some ways there were some similarities to my ex-husband, there were also the big things were different in him and I, and they were things that I needed to be different. And so I hung on to that. So whereas my, uh, my ex-husband uh, was very uh, volatile 
and very different in his personality every day. And I never knew who was going to come through the door. Mm-hmm. This man that I dated after him was very steady. He was always the same person. Um, I didn't question who he was and, you know, who he was presenting to be is who he was. He didn't, he didn't try to present something different. So that was a big difference between the two. So that was a good thing in my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, I think what else, that, that was, a, that was a big thing that I kind of hang on to. That is so, you know, I love that you mentioned that because I think it's such a common thing, you know, after you come out of a a long-term relationship and, you know, we all have lists then, right? When we come out of our relationship and what we're looking for, for the next, almost to have some sort of corrective experience around a new person, you know, things that didn't work, we're looking for the opposite. And in some ways, this guy really fulfilled that for you in in ways that were so intoxicating that it just kept you, it was like a drug almost. And so even Mm -hmm. though you were getting crumbs, the crumbs were still so tasty. They were tasty enough to just like whet your appetite and, and keep you in it for as long as you did. And, and that, I think it's so common. And I love that you see that and that you're now away from that. Like you're ready for the next step because I mean, here's the thing. And I want, I want the cake for you, not the crumbs anymore. Like, are you ready for that? Yes, definitely. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Good. Okay. So just so that you're clear on that, because sometimes women are like, well, I'm not sure. Maybe I'll just have a cupcake, but I'm not ready for the whole cake. <laughs> no, I'm ready for the whole, I'm ready, ready for the whole cake at this the point. Whole yes. shebang. That's, <laughs> That's right. <laughs> okay. Good. Okay. So going back to, like you said, there were a couple things that you're contributing to. So that is a biggie. So you were kind of getting over that relationship and it is hard to date when you're kind of one foot in one foot out, always kind of hanging on to something mm-hmm. dangling. Okay. What, what are some other things that you've noticed about yourself? Yeah, so I think the other thing that I was doing, um, especially early on in dating, I, I've improved on this over the last year or so, but mm-hmm. originally I wasn't, um, I wasn't being as vocal about my interests, um, even in just a playful, flirting way. I wasn't saying if I would want to see them again or giving them any sort of indication. So mm-hmm. then um, I wouldn't get a call back, which, it, in, and again, many of the times I didn't want the call back, but sometimes I would have been open to it and I didn't get a follow-up text or call or asked out again. And I, looking back now, I know a lot of it was me not giving out signals. And so that's, that was a big thing that I was contributing to that by not giving the signals because I was too hesitant and too fearful of being rejected that I wasn't giving the signals. And then I was getting rejected. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Fear, that thing that always gets in the way for all of us. It is fear. And, you know, I, I bet you, on top of not being vocal about it, there were things going on with your body language that also was confusing to men. Because I'll just, I'll say, I've, I've seen pictures of you. You're like drop dead gorgeous, just so you know. I don't know actually if you know. Do you know that, by the way? <laughs> Thank you. That's so nice. <laughs> Thank you very much. You're but, welcome. But do you know that? I'm totally serious. <laughs> I do know that I am attractive. Yes. <laughs> No, 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 no. I said drop dead gorgeous. Do you know that you're dropped? <laughs> I let, do you see how you're doing that already? See, there, and this is, I guess, what I'm detecting from you. There, 
I don't think you see yourself necessarily as maybe guys do or I do, like as the 10. I think you're getting there, but until you start seeing your value, you, that you're a 10, that you're like the hot, you know, mama that you are. Um, and I'm not just talking physically. I mean, that you're an amazing person inside and out, but, but it's more the point of like, you know, kind of seeing your worth and your value. And when you start seeing that, believing that, embodying that, then guys are going to see that too. And, you know, there's going to be more of an interplay between you wanting to, you know, be open to the second and the third date and also them wanting you and to seeing you that way and, and actually attracting a higher level of guy that maybe you're looking for too. Does that make sense? Yes. Yes, that definitely makes sense. Like, does that resonate with you when I say that? Like, you know, about... How you feel about yourself? It does. It, um, yeah, I think it resonates a lot because I think the other thing that just I've I really came to a point um, maybe four or five months ago where I just knew I needed to make some changes in um, in my dating life because I'm ready to make those changes, and I knew I needed to make some changes for, um, in my health and how my appearance looked, and I just took control and just made changes and and made um, made a conscious effort to. Um, work on different aspects of myself because I'm ready to to move on and and be at a better place with all of it. Um, mm-hmm. So I think that's also made an impact on as I date, I feel better about myself because I know that I'm in a better headspace. I know that I'm making efforts to improve myself um, yeah. and just know myself better. So I think that's been a big sh- shift as well. Um, just as I've been dating the last, um, you know, so this year, let's say this the last three four months, it's um it's definitely made a positive impact. Yeah, yeah, no, and I've seen that. I've seen the growth even just, you know, in the times that I've been working with you. And, and you know, I have another question about, you know, you said that you, you know, have sometimes a hard time vocalizing about, you know, your interest in seeing the guy, but what about vocalizing or communicating how you feel about things? I would say I also have, I struggle with that too. That's something I've been working on and, and working with you, Kim, it's really been mm-hmm. a helpful eye opener on that because I never really thought about it in that way before you and I have worked together. And I think that's been um, something that I need to improve on. I, I don't always talk about how I feel about things. I've been much more in my head. Um, I'm much more of an analytical person. Um, mm. But I do feel obviously I'm still a human being and I still have a of lot of course. feelings. I just don't always, I, I don't always express them as much. And so I've been better about expressing how I feel. And, and, and I can definitely see that as being something that held me back before because I wasn't connecting with people because I wasn't telling them how I felt about something and, and nothing that has to be super significant, but just how I feel about things in general. That's, you know, I wasn't building that connection. Bingo. Bingo. You, I mean, and I think, I think we probably like, you know, we were peeling away the onion, so to speak. And I think we just got to the core. I think there's a strong um, correlation between your hesitancy um, of allowing guys to really hear your needs, your feelings and all of that. And I'm talking about even like on the first date, just passions of yours, how, how you feel about things. Like I even heard it about what five minutes ago when I said, how do you feel 
about what I'm saying. And you still said, well, I think it's true. That's not a feeling. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Yes. Uh-huh. So you went, you went to your head. And so I still like, I, I still don't know how you feel when I was saying these things. And I have a feeling when you're out on dates, guys aren't feeling you and they're not, that's why I think there's a lack of connection. And then you're not feeling them in reaction that, to that too. You know, it takes two to tangle always, you know, and, and I'm not saying this is all you either. I mean, the guys are 50% of the equation as well. But I do find that when you allow yourself to kind of talk in more of those feeling words and understand like, you know, the guys can get that from you, they'll open up to you more. And you might find that the chemistry with these guys will go up because of that. I see this happen all the time. So I'll give you like a, for instance, and and this is something really like kind of small, but big, you know, overall, if you're on a date with somebody and he orders an appetizer, right? I think that there are two responses to something like that. Maybe like if you're in your head, you could respond with, oh, you know, this looks like an interesting kind of appetizer. I wonder what's in it. You know, maybe a little broccoli, a little cheese, you know, and and you're describing what you're seeing. Okay. That, I have a feeling you kind of, you kind of do that. And am I right? Like you're more like, you might just like notice or, or you say, thank you. You know, you're polite about it. And it's not that it's a bad response, but that yes. is right. That's more analytical in nature. You're yes. just describing what you see. Now, a feeling response where you're going to get more connection is you may look at that appetizer and say, oh, that looks so good. And then you taste it and you say, Mm, I love this. This must have some sort of cheese, broccoli. I'm going to ask the waiter what this is because I'm, I'm actually really into cooking and I enjoy it and I'm excited to learn new recipes. Now, that's a different response, right? Like, do you feel that? Yes, that's definitely a different response. And you can just go, you can just go farther with that. You know a little bit more about the person. You can actually build a conversation and, and get to know each other better. Just exactly. Opening how you feel. Exactly. Because the guy then can come back and, oh, she loves, you know, now a good guy too. And what's so great about these things when you do it in the beginning, you can see the guy and the girl's response and how they react, how they relate to what you're saying. And then if they remember, and there's nothing more beautiful than that. I mean, if the guy remembers that you like cheese and on the second date, he brings you to a special like gourmet cheese plate place. How cool is that? You know, he was listening to you. But if you don't say you like cheese, how is he supposed to know? (laughs) It's my point, right? (laughs) And that's what I think is, right? That's what I think is happening to you is that you're not getting chemistry from this guy, these guys, because you're not offering enough. Yeah, I would would agree with that. So then the guy can really like, so then his response could be like, oh, you love cheese and oh, you like cooking. Well, I love cooking too. And now you have this like kind of more sexy, personalized talk around the cooking rather than just being polite and saying, oh, thank you for the appetizer. That looks interesting. (laughs) 
so great. <laughs> yes. <laughs> There's nowhere to go with that. That's so, right. That's very interesting. Thank you very much. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And how do you feel about that, Anne? What I just said. What, okay. So oh, I just I, told you something yes. about what I think is happening. Like, tell me about how you feel. Like, what what's happening right now? Yeah, I feel. Um, I feel it's a little scary, right, to um, to express my emotions. Oh my God, that's so good. I mean, not that you're scared. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. <laughs> not that you're scared, but now I, and now I feel what you're feeling. So I didn't. I wouldn't have known that before. You were just like, oh yeah, you know, and you were laughing and stuff. I didn't know that that was. So what's scary about it? Like, let's talk about that. Gosh, I would say like, it's scary because then you're opening yourself up and being vulnerable. And what's scary about being vulnerable? I would say that they, again, that the, the person doesn't like what they see and then you get rejected. <laughs> uh... Yeah. And I know where this comes from. <laughs> where so I had an ex-husband. From? My ex-husband was very critical. Mm-hmm. and very volatile and one day I was the cat's meow and the next day I was the worst wife ever yeah. so it was hard to be vulnerable I'm so sorry that happened to you and I and I so feel what you're feeling right now I think a lot of people listening can feel that and can relate big time and when you've you know when you've experienced something like that you had to have something to protect you and it was your shield and it yes. was easy, right? And, it, and it's easier yeah. and less scary to have your shield. And then you can be your, the mom that you are and you can feel, you know, just like in control when everything around you was out of control yes. and it served you. And so I want to say that like that the stuff that, you had to deal with, you dealt with because you had to, and there was, you know, you had to protect you, you had to protect your kids. Right. But what That's I right. want, right. But what I want to release for you right now is that you don't have to do that any longer. <laughs> yes, that's true. That's very true. Um, and I, and, I, and it's interesting because I am interesting, not in a analytical way. And as far as like my, I felt the change, even as I would open up to my friends Mm -hmm. about situations and going through divorce and the marriage and all that, by expressing my feelings with friends, I saw those relationships get deeper and be more Mm -hmm. connected and be more powerful. And so I, I saw the change and shift when I would be more vulnerable and open with my friends. Um, So now I need to be a little better, better about, you know, applying that to the dating side of things now as well. It's so true. And can I just say, like, I, I know that was painful just now and that you were able to just kind of, it, it hit you. And I, <laughs> the thing that was, and I don't know about anybody else, but I so feel you right now. Like you seem more real right now, like just yeah. our conversation right now, I'm more relaxed even talking to you. And I think you're going to find that too. It's going to be such a, um, 
release for you to not having to like hold it together. You know, fear is a funny thing. It makes us do weird things. Like it makes us, you know, not ask for help. It makes us um, desire to make things perfect because things never will perfect be perfect, but it keeps you at a distance by staying in the perfection, right? Um, fear mm -hmm. is sneaky. It, it, it creeps up on you and you don't know where it's coming from. And fear makes you play small. And mm. I think you've been playing small in fear of this happening again. And so you've been, you know, the Joan of Arc. And, and look, I, I don't want you to put all your armor off and strip naked. I mean, that's not good for anybody. Everyone has to have some sense of, yeah. of uh, you know, just protection and, and wherewithal and pace things out until you get to know somebody. But you can put down the shield. You can put down the sword. You can put down the list. And just, you know, kind of let people know you and, and, and all of you. Because here's the thing, the right guy is going to love all of you, not just the part that you're showing him. He wants right. to. The good guys want to do that. And, and, and here's, and now I'm going to like really kind of <laughs> twist one on you. In your effort to protect yourself from attracting that same thing, that same thing that you had with the ex and that other guy where it was kind of like the man, children, it was all about them and they were the critical one and da, da, da. You are actually doing the opposite. You're creating that thing that you're scared of by not saying anything to these guys, by, by being, you know, kind of stoic and not vulnerable because guess what? Those are the guys who like those kind of girls because they can control them. <laughs> Do you see what yeah, I'm saying? Like, it's yeah, almost like the yeah. opposite of what you're doing. And so if you can kind of keep that in your mind and go out there and date with, you know, kind of openness and, and, and it's more kind of look, buddy, I know what I have going on. I'm the hot mama. Here's who I am. If you are, if you're not good enough, you're not the one for me. It's not that if I'm not good enough, it's, it's, it, you should be telling that to the guys in your mind. Do you know what I'm saying? Not out loud, but yeah. I'm saying in your head, <laughs> it's, it's like, I want you to have that kind of, you know, thing. Does that all make sense? Yes. Yeah. It, def it definitely makes sense. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I don't want to be continuing to attract the narcissist or the person who just doesn't really want to make time and effort and, um, space in their life to have a relationship. You know, I want the person who wants to spend time with me just like I want to spend time with them. I, I want it to be a two-way street. Exactly. Oh, I love that you just said that. And you know, and, and so I just want to kind of give you some practical tips to take with you. I think that's where you start. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, you and I have talked about the mission statement, you know, on, on calls together. I want you to write out a mission statement of what you just said, what it is you want. I want this and be really clear with your intentions. And I want you to paste it all over the walls and on your computer. I want you to read it all the time because that's what you deserve. And you come from that place of, you know, that strength of this is what I want. Because I think you've been dating with, with being a little unclear about what it is that you're putting out there, what you're wanting. Like it's been confusing because you've had this fear of getting hurt. 
And yeah, so I would agree with right? that. I have not. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I would agree. I don't think I've been as clear until just recently about what I really want and what I'm and what I will accept and not accept and not in a, in a, you know, super negative way, but just what do I, what am I about? What's my value and what am I worth? And finding somebody who will ex- agree with that. <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. And so I want you to make that mission statement. I want you to say it out loud. And then I want you to write a list of strengths. And I think we have might've done this before, but I want to say it out loud because I think it's helpful for everyone and to review, you know, I want you to write four categories. Okay. What you love about yourself physically, what you love about yourself and your personality what you love when it comes to your talents and your strengths. And finally, what you offer in a relationship. And I want you to come up with at least three things in those four categories. And I want you to review it. And I want you to marinate in it. And every time you're about to go out on that date, I want you to look at your mission statement, look at your list of strengths, and you go in there with openness and intention and because the right guy is going to love you and all of you, not just part of you. And I want you to diversify your dating portfolio for sure. Like the online dating is great, but let's work on you getting out there and flirting in the grocery store. And because I want you to practice openness right now. So openness with your body language and, and, and letting just people in to your energy field. I want you to practice being more open verbally so that when you're on a date, express how you feel about an appetizer rather than describing it. And so I think that would be a really good way to get you towards the goal of a deeper connection and create more chemistry on dates. It sounds great. I'm in. I'm in. <laughs> okay. And one last question. How are you feeling right now? I'm feeling lighter. <laughs> I'm feeling mm-hmm. um, more optimistic and I'm feeling um, just more positive about what I can do going forward and, and just to release a little bit of kind of what I've been struggling with. Oh, that's yeah, so good. Better. That's so good. <laughs> you can do it. I mean, you just had wonderful feeling words in there and I'm sure people listening can now really hear that, you know, that optimism, the hope. You just even in your voice, I don't feel you as uptight. You know, like there's just this like mm-hmm. calmness about you, and that's that's beautiful. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Well, Anne, thank you so much for joining today and and putting yourself out there and being vulnerable right here on the call. Like that, what to me that was a huge breakthrough. Just that you were able to do that right here. Thank you, Kim. I really appreciate it. This was you, great. Thank you. You're so welcome. And for all of you, thanks for joining me today. This has been the Charisma Quotient. I am your host, Kim Seltzer. And remember, you can build confidence, make connections, and find love from the outside in. And if you want to know more about you, make sure that you sign up for a free breakthrough session like you heard just now. And I will put a link so that you too can have a breakthrough in your life and whatever that is. And stay tuned until next week with more tips on how to feel and look fabulous every day.